It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Carolina Panthers are closing in on an offensive coordinator hire, but the expectation is that new head coach Dave Canales will call the plays in Carolina. Is that the right decision? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the offseason, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions in to me. Now, today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Dave Canales and Dan Morgan, the new dynamic duo here in Carolina. The Panthers' new head coach being Dave Canales. Their new president of football operations and general manager, Dan Morgan, are down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, trying to find some players who can come to Carolina and help the Panthers win some games in the future as those two have been tasked to turn around the fortunes of the organization heading into 2024. There should be another hire that front office made very soon. But we got to wait till probably after the Super Bowl for Brant Tillis to come to Carolina to be able to control and handle the cap and the salary cap, the cap and the contract situations here in Carolina. But until then, Dave Canales, the new Panthers head coach here, is trying to fill out a coaching staff in. He has made a couple of hires and he's close to making a few other hires. There's a few other decisions also being made. So let's go over some of those right here on the show today. Jeremy Fowler, the first one to report this of ESPN.com, saying that the Panthers plan to hire Bucks wide receivers coach Brad Idzik as their offensive coordinator. Just 32, Idzik continues his fast rise up the NFL ranks. Brad Idzik, his dad was the former general manager for the New York Jets, so he's been around football for a very long time. Played wide receiver for four seasons at Wake Forest after starting off his career at Lehigh. Idzik joined the Buccaneers staff after spending four previous seasons as a member of the Seattle Seahawks coaching staff with Dave Canales, serving as an assistant wide receiver coach during the 2019 and 20 seasons, and again in 2022, then as an offensive quality control such assistant quarterback coach back in 2021. He was the only staffer from Seattle to follow Canales to Tampa Bay once Canales took over the OC role. And the expectation is that Dave Canales will continue to call the plays. And we'll get into the offensive numbers from last season in Tampa and whether that's the right decision for the Carolina Panthers to have the new head coach, Dave Canales, be the one calling the plays. But not a surprise at all that Idzik is coming to Carolina to be the OC. The reporting from the very beginning was the expectation was that he would be joining the staff in what capacity, I assume, probably would be OC. 
Now, we did see the Carolina Panthers go out there and talk to Marcus Brady, at least put in a request to speak to Marcus Brady, the former OC under Frank Reich in Indianapolis. He also is a minority candidate. The Rooney role now extends to coordinator jobs. It always felt like a sham interview because let's be honest, man. You get in a situation as a first-time head coach and you have somebody that you work with in the past who you think is bright, that can help you, you're going to carry your boy with you and bring him to Carolina. And that's what Dave Canales did. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Just pointing out that while the Rooney Rule may be well-intended, intended, a lot of times, like in this situation, it's just a waste of everybody's time knowing good and damn well the person that. Dave Canales wanted to bring as his OC was Brad Idzik, so we'll see how that dynamic works out as he now will take control of probably the game plan, not calling the plays, but he's not coming to Carolina. A couple of other moves also being made by the Carolina Panthers. First reported during the afternoon by Ian Rapport that the Panthers were requesting to interview Raiders assistant offensive line coach Cameron Clemens for their OC job. He was considered as an impressive candidate who should get more interest across the league. Well, he's not going to be the OC coach here in Carolina. The first domino to fall, also reported by Ian Rapport, the Panthers are hiring Bucks assistant head coach and running game coordinator Harold Goodwin to be their new assistant head coach and running game coordinator working specifically with the offensive line in Carolina, which then led me to believe that, okay, I guess Clemens is not going to be the O-line coach. But that's not the job that Goodwin is actually going to have here in Carolina. He's the run game coordinator and assistant head coach, but also working with the offensive line. The main offensive line coach will be Joe Gilbert, who will be following Goodwin from Tampa Bay to Carolina. Another one of those situations where, in this profession and in a lot of professions, you're going to go take on a new role. You want to bring people that you trust. That is exactly what Dave Canales is doing with Brad Idzik, who followed him from Seattle, now from Tampa Bay to Carolina. And that's what he's doing by plucking a couple of staffers he worked with for one season there in Tampa Bay in Harold Goodwin and in Joe Gilbert, two who are paired together that are now going to come to Carolina. And they're going to have a serious task to be able to get this offensive line to play up to the standard that a lot of people hope that they would have played or at least expected them to play at this past year. But whether it was injuries or regression of Mickey Aquanu and some other players on the roster, that unit ended up being an absolute liability when it was considered by me and many out there to be a strength for the Carolina Panthers heading to 2023. So it's now going to be Goodwin and Gilbert's job to turn around the offensive line, define those roles, and figure out how to get the best out of them and to protect Bryce Young as that is paramount heading into year two among many other things surrounding Bryce Young in this offseason and heading into the 2024 season. And another update too. Offensive staff, not surprising at all that James Campen is gone when you consider how bad the offensive line was. Also, the reporting about James Campen creating enemies within the organization because he was effectively a mole for David Tepper. That is something that cannot continue on. If you're Dave Canales, I'm sure you've made the phone calls. You've talked to individuals before taking the job to understand who in that building can I not trust. And he knew that James Campen was somebody he couldn't trust and also knew that there were some other people he wanted to bring with him that, of course, he could trust and felt like would fit his offensive system as he had just worked with them the previous season down there in Tampa, that being Harold Goodwin and that being Joe Gilbert and, of course, Brad Idzik, who's coming over to be the OC. Not a surprise at all that Thomas Brown is gone. He has been allowed to interview for head coaching opportunities, for offense coordinator opportunities after seeing coaches like Chris Tabor initially get blocked. Same thing with Jero Averro being blocked from interviewing elsewhere. Tepper does not want to keep 
them. And also, Tepper is allowing Dave Canales to come in here and do have free will over his staff, which is better than what he did last year, while in principle it made sense to talk to some more people outside of your circle, be Frank Reich, to have more diversity of thought and not just a group thing, could have people that are yes-men have only worked for you before, but we also saw that played out last year where there's a lot of infighting, the Hunger Games mentality that was reported on by Joe Person and Diana Rossini of The Athletic. This makes more sense for Dave Canales to have sweeping changes on an offensive staff that was not great. And one of those changes appears to also be coming at the wide receiver coach position as John Cena Anderson of CBS Sports reported. Meanwhile, I'm told things are heating up between Panthers wide receiver coach Sean Jefferson and the Jets to have him join New York in the same role per sources. The Jets have been interested for quite some time and are hoping to finish the deal for Jefferson. Sean Jefferson is a respected wide receiver coach. That is a fact. The way the wide receivers played this past season is unacceptable, and for him to really be the person who was hand-picking the Carolina Panthers' second-round pick in Jonathan Mingo, and for Mingo to play as poorly as he did as a rookie, that's not the most encouraging sign, and you could not expect that he would come back, in particular when you think that Canales has worked with receivers in the past, Idzik has spent a lot of time working with receivers in the past. They don't need to keep an offensive a wide receiver coach while respected, a wide receiver coach that oversaw the worst wide receiver core in the NFL. And I hate to even say that because Adam Thielen was a part of it. And Adam Thielen was excellent. But in totality, with Thielen and with the rest, that was a bad wide receiver core and a receiver core that did not help out Bryce Young and one that definitely needs to be fixed this offseason if Bryce is going to have a chance to have success and if the Panthers are going to be able to properly evaluate their former number one overall pick in Bryce Young. Now, Bryce Young, He's going to be working with Dave Canales, who wanted the challenge of working with Bryce Young. He likes Bryce Young, believes that Bryce Young can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Looking at the offensive numbers last year in Tampa, they're a little lacking, understanding the Bucs were a team that got to the playoffs, they won the division, won a playoff game, pushed Detroit to the brink there not too long ago. They were a solid football team, a much better football team than the Carolina Panthers. But should there be any concern about Dave Canales as a play caller and a head coach here in Carolina next season. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
When the reports came out last week that the Carolina Panthers were zeroing in on former Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales, there was some mixed feelings from the Carolina Panthers fan base. This was a man and Dave Canales had only spent one year as an offensive coordinator. He was a coach that had not been interviewed anywhere else as there were eight open jobs this cycle. The only place I want to interview him were the Carolina Panthers and his former employer in Seattle where he spent 13 years after Pete Carroll stepped down, parted ways. However, that really worked out out there in the PNW. They were not interested in Dave Canales. So rightfully so, some Panther fans were wondering, okay, is this really the right guy for the Panthers? Is it just Dan Morgan's buddy? And there was already concern from earlier in the week when Dan Morgan was elevated to the president of football operations and general manager role of whether that should have been the right decision, considering that he had been the assistant general manager, had been the head of the scouting department, and had been a part of the worst roster build in the NFL this past season as the Carolina Panthers became the first team in NFL history to finish at 2-15. Some fair questions that were asked, fair criticism of that hire, and some fair skepticism of the Dave Canales hire. But I'm not sitting here trying to be negative about Dave Canales being hired. No, hell, the Panthers have never had a back-to-back winning season. Uh, They are coming off of six straight losing seasons with Dave Tepper as their owner. I just don't really feel like you can consider anybody as being negative when those are just facts about what the Carolina Panthers team and organization is right now. Want the team to win, but a lot of people are way too sensitive over what right now is the worst football team in the NFL. But the hope is that with Dan Morgan and Dave Canales, together that this team can move in the right direction but certainly it's worth evaluating exploring what the offense looked like this past year in Tampa Bay now I can go off of the numbers I have not sat back and watched every single Bucks game from this season I have seen three I saw the two they played against Carolina and I saw the one that they played against Detroit other than that I did not watch Tampa Bay Buccaneers play football this past season and nor am I going to spend the time going back and watching all the games they played last year I'm going to sit here, I'm going to try and read up about Dave Canales, I'm going to try and understand it, but I'm not going to spend all that time reading up about the Bucs and watching their games from last year with Dave Canales as their OC. But the numbers, of course, tell a story, and it makes it a little bit easier to digest what went on the season prior. Now, looking at the Bucks' offensive stats, there was somebody when I tweeted out about Dave Canales, how it's inarguable that he did a fantastic job with Geno Smith and with Baker Mayfield, getting both of those individuals paid. Oh, Geno got paid. Baker soon to get paid, soon to stay down there in Tampa Bay as their starting quarterback. We'll see how long that lasts now that Canales is no longer down there. But the resurrection of Geno Smith and to see what Baker is able to do this past season, did anyone really predict that those would be the results from the 2022 and 2023 seasons? between those two quarterbacks. I doubt that would be the case. Maybe after watching Dave Canales work his magic on Geno Smith, there was a thought that he could do the same thing with Baker Mayfield. But even if you were the most bullish on Dave Canales, surely, surely you did not see Baker Mayfield getting to that level. And I think he's supposed to be a pro bowler this upcoming weekend. So congrats to Baker, congrats to Geno Smith and what they're able to do with Dave. And Geno's been singing his praises since he was hired as the Carolina Panthers head coach. So all that is great. I had someone then say, well, I mean, yeah, you can argue the results because looking at the Bucks offensive numbers, which then I told them, you're having an entirely different conversation. The conversation I'm having is about the quarterback play and how those guys went from journeyman to 
pseudo-franchise quarterbacks and getting paid after spending one season with Dave Canales where they put up big-time numbers. You cannot argue about how well Geno Smith played and how well Baker Mayfield played the past two seasons under Dave Canales. Now, you can certainly look at the offensive numbers in totality in Tampa and make an argument of whether Dave Canales coming in as Panthers head coach and play caller is the right decision for the organization, and we'll do just that right now. Looking at it and comparing to the Panthers, because you have to compare what the Bucs did to what the Panthers did last year. Understanding that the Carolina Panthers do not have Tristan Wirfs. Carolina Panthers do not have Mike Evans. They do not have, well, Mike Evans for now. They do not have Chris Godwin. They do not have the same level receiving talent as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And across the board offensively, yeah, they're pretty lacking compared to what Tampa had. And if Tampa was not as talented, I don't think that they win the NFC South, then turn around and win a playoff game, even if it's against an Eagles team that just seemed to tank the last month and a half of the season. But looking at their stats comparatively, the Panthers were last in total offense in 2023. The Bucks were 23rd out of 32 teams. So still not great. It's bottom third of the league, right? Yes, uh, just about. They, the Bucks were 23rd in yards per game, 313 yards per game. The Panthers were dead last, 265.3 yards per game. The Bucks were 20th in yards per play. So total offense, yards per game, all that is cool and all, but like yards per play, I think tells a better story. The Bucks 20th, 5.1 yards. The Panthers last, 4.1 yards. The Bucks passing net yards per attempt, 14th with 6.3. The Panthers were dead last, 4.2. 16th scoring percentage. So as far as like scoring percentage per drive, the Bucks were 16th in the league, scoring 35.5% of the time. The Panthers were 30th, scoring 25.5% of the time. Now the Bucks rushing offense was not great. They were dead last in total rushing yards, yards per attempt at 3.4. The Panthers were 20th in total rushing yards and 24th in yards per attempt at 4.0. That was the only area of the Panthers offense was better than the Bucks offense in 2023. Now looking at some more metrics, EPA, expected points added, which is another one of these and I know there's always the metric conversations and debates of whether that stuff should matter, especially in-game analytics, yada yada yada. It's a better way to understand the game. Looking at EPA, expected points added, the Bucks were 16th in the NFL in total offensive EPA. They were top 10 in the league, 10th in passing EPA, 29th in rushing EPA, which jibes with the other numbers that we saw as far as their rushing numbers in totality. The Panthers were 30th in offensive EPA, 30th in passing EPA offensively, and then 22nd in rushing EPA offensively. Not ideal, not great across the board. The Pant- the Bucks clearly had a better offense overall, passing-wise, but worse running the football that's not something I'm overly concerned about. But understand this, y'all. Yes, Dave Canales is coming here to help fix the offense, but his main role and why he's coming here is to fix Bryce Young. And in the NFL today, if you cannot have a high-level passing, if you don't have a high-level passing offense, you're just not going to have the big-time success. Now, I still believe that when it gets late in the season, it gets colder weather. You're going to have to be able to run the football, play defense, stop the run. I still believe that. We just saw Kansas City do it defensively against Baltimore the other day. Don't know where Todd Munkin's run plays were on Sunday, but it's not like Lamar Jackson and that running attack were running wild. 
Kansas City rather controlled the line of scrimmage and were able to hit the big passing plays because they have Patrick Mahomes and even without having high level receiving talent they still were able to go out there and make the big plays that were necessary San Francisco same case Detroit before they collapse, had the ability to do that. If you do not have an inventive offense, but an offense that can win consistently by throwing the football effectively, you're not going to have success in the NFL while still understanding that this is a line of scrimmage game. You can't protect the quarterback, can't get after the quarterback, can't stop the run, can't run the ball. You're probably not going to have much success either. But we know nowadays with all of the numbers out there and the constant thought of, you can't win without a quarterback, which, yes, is true, but it's still a team game, and the quarterback can't do anything if he's on his ass. You got to have somebody who can go out there and win from the pocket, and I think Bryce Young can do that. He just has to be coached up to that level and have the pieces around him, and that is the main job that Dave Canales is coming here to do. First and foremost is to fix Bryce Young. Looking at the Bucks' passing offense compared to the Panthers' passing offense, the Bucs had 28 passing touchdowns last year. The Panthers had 13. Their passing touchdown percentage, Tampa Bay was 4.9. Panthers were 2.2. That was last in the NFL. Yards per attempt, Bucks 7.1. Panthers dead last, 5.5. Yards per completion, Bucks 11.1. Panthers dead last, 9.3. Passer rating, the Bucks 94.2. Panthers 75.2. I think the run game will fix itself once you can define the roles on the offensive line. And I don't know, maybe have healthy guards this upcoming season. I'm not overly concerned about the run game here in Carolina. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard's probably coming back. Feel good about him. Add someone else in there. Not name Miles Sanders. Maybe it is Miles Sanders. And the Panthers' run game will be fine if they have a healthy offensive line. I'm concerned about the passing offense, which has been relatively non-existent over the last couple of years. doesn't help when you get rid of DJ Moore. It doesn't help when Robbie Anderson uh, mysteriously stops knowing how to play football as soon as he gets paid. It doesn't help when, I guess, you let Curtis Samuel walk out in free agency. Not like he's necessarily done a ton in Washington, but not having the skilled positions out there, wide receiver, the talent, the speed, that has not helped matters. But putting in a rookie in a situation like they put him in this past season, that did not help things. For Dave Canales, yeah, you can question the offensive numbers in Tampa Bay, even though they turned things around late in the season, they were able to get all the way to the divisional round, which, hell, we can't even dream about that right now here in Carolina. When you compare their offense to the Panthers' offense, not even in the same league, technically they are, but it's like hard to believe that they're playing the same game, that they're playing at the same level when seeing how the Panthers were dead last in so many categories. Not only concerned about the run, it's only been one year as an offensive play caller. It's going to take some time. Dave Canales is still going to learn. And there's so many great things that have been said about him. There's a video I saw on Twitter that Nick Carboni of WCNC put out there. A Brad Idzik, the prospective offense coordinator coming here at Carolina, talking about how Pete Carroll would lean on Dave Canales back when he was in Seattle, asking, hey, Dave, what do you think here? He would tell everybody, hey, turn off communication. I want to talk to Dave. What do you think here? When asking him about what plays they thought they should go to. And... Hell, I saw a ton of people praising the play calling Dave Canales in that Lions game a couple weeks ago since he's been hired. Tino Smith talks about how he believes he's going to be a great play caller. So many others out there in the media have talked about how they believe that Dave Canales has the chops. It's a learning experience. And one of the things about the NFL today and looking at the lack of experience he has as a play caller and as a one-time OC, they just don't allow coaches to sit here and to learn. And honestly, I give a lot of credit to Ben Johnson, who maybe he didn't like the Seattle job. Maybe he didn't want, like Washington. He's loyal. He's staying down in Detroit. But he's getting another year of experience, another year watching Dan Campbell 
operated franchise another year as a play caller, another year basically as a head coach of the offense before potentially stepping into a head coaching role. So many, Bobby Slowick staying down there in Houston. So often, it just seems there's a rush to be a head coach. Yeah, the money's good, but this may be your only opportunity. And Dave Canals, somebody said, you don't turn out an opportunity. He got an opportunity to take the Bucks job last year, not necessarily consider the top OC job out there. Had success with it, enough success to where, hell, he's the Panthers head coach. The Panthers, maybe not the most attractive job out there, but he likes to challenge ahead of him by working with Bryce Young, coming to Carolina, and hoping to fix things here. So it's not like these offense coordinators are afforded a lot of time to learn on the job as OCs before being called upon to be head coaches or by being fired. We had the conversation a week ago. Brian Callahan was the longest tenured OC at five years. And then he gets hired, and it's like the longest tenured OC is probably it's like Ben Johnson, who's now heading into his third year, and no one thought he was going to get to his third year. These guys just don't get a lot of time. There's not a lot of patience. But I'm asking you, give us some time. Dave Canales is still – he's going to be a first-time head coach. He's still new to this. Bryce Young's still new to this. It's not like the Panthers are going to be that competitive anyways in 2024, likely. Hate the stomp on your heart and to not sell you hope on the street corner like the NFL does every offseason. Just be patient and try to think positive thoughts instead of the morbid depression that Carolina Panther fans have had over the last couple of seasons, thanks to David Tepper. Looking at Dave Canales' staff, he's already added a new offensive line coach, and he's also added an assistant head coach and running game coordinator. He's targeting an OC that will likely be announced soon as his OC. How much more experience is he going to add to his staff? What's the roles for guys like Jim Caldwell and Dom Capers going to be? Will they be staying in Carolina? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And guys, the, the best thing about Super Bowl is the food. I know the commercials are great, but it's, it's the food and the game. Like, I'm really there to watch the game, and it can be frustrating at times when you're at a party and people are just talking the whole time during the game. It's like, I want to hear the commentary, but the food, that's number one. Then the football. Then, you know, commercials are very, very, very distant third. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win. Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. 
As I was putting together my show notes for the show today, I was looking at Dave Canales' staff and some of the expected hires. Brad Idzik, we've known from the very beginning that he was likely going to join Carolina in some capacity. Appears that capacity is going to be as the offensive coordinator. He will not call plays, but of course he'll be a part of the game plan. He'll be a key figure here in Carolina, and I assume he's likely going to work uh, pretty closely with the Panthers' wide receivers, considering his history as a wide receiver at Wake Forest and working with wide receivers in the NFL down there in Tampa most recently and back in Seattle with the Seahawks where he was working with Dave Canales for four years, but he's only 32. Not a ton of experience there. Dave Canales has 13 years, 14 now, 13 years in the NFL, spending the vast majority of it outside of one season in Seattle under Pete Carroll, which is a great place to learn as a coach, to work with that legend. I have to imagine if he's got to be a pro football Hall of Famer. He's, if he's not already in the college football Hall of Fame, he's definitely there. He's got to be a pro football Hall of Famer one day, I would think. Pete Carroll loved the job that he did uh, for that decade plus out there in the P&W with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, but looking at it, though, Dave Canales, one year as a OC, one year as an offensive play caller, and 42 years old, that's, that's still relatively young in the NFL. It's not as young as like the McVeigh's getting jobs and the Idzik's getting jobs and some of the other coaches that they look at as these offensive wonderkins. Uh, but you want to know whether he has enough experience to come in right away and have success. And I had somebody ask me about this, belief for the mailbag, how Ron Rivera had said he wished he would have brought in a former head coach when he first got to Carolina. And we talked about Matt Rule not having any former coaches, uh, former head coaches up on his staff until it was too late. And he had to go to Ben McAdoo, of all people, to be his rock star OC. And, well, that lasted about six games of Matt Rule. Or was it only five? It wasn't very many. Five games with Matt Rule as the head coach for Carolina back in 2022. Two, I'm just wondering, what Dave Canales have a former head coach on his staff. We have all that experience. It's good to see him bringing Harold Goodwin over, bringing Joe Gilbert, who have worked together, and to have an assistant head coach you can trust, someone who you spent last year in Tampa Bay with. I like that hire. There's the expectation that Nate Carroll, Pete Carroll's son, who spent the last two years as a senior offensive assistant in Seattle. He's also spent time coaching wide receivers. Maybe he's going to be the wide, coach, wide receiver coach here in Carolina. He's also been an assistant role on offense outside of a couple seasons as wide receiver coach there in Seattle Ex- expected that he's going to come to Carolina. So he has some good experience, but he's still a younger coach out there. And you compare to last year, this offense coaching staff had a wealth of experience. When you add in Jim Caldwell, when you have Frank Reich, who had a Super Bowl win, had worked with quarterbacks before, had success in the past, playing the position, of course, in the league. And then you were bringing someone in Josh McCown who had never been a coach, but at least Josh McCown had played for a very long time in the league. Parks Frazier was not, was coming off of a season after being the play caller once Frank Reich was fired up there in Indianapolis. Thomas Brown, there's a lot said about him. You felt good about the rock star staff as they were referred to, and you felt good about the experience. I'm now just wondering how much experience will be there really working with that quarterback. Dave Canales has done a great job the last two years at Baker. You know, Gino, that will be said ad nauseum by me and by everybody throughout the offseason as we try to find new talking points as we get to know him better heading into the rest of the offseason and heading into the 2024 season. Um, But who's going to be the quarterback coach? I would prefer to have someone who's actually been a quarterback coach. I do wonder if maybe the fundamentals of Bryce's footwork were lacking because the plan was just to get Bryce as ready as possible. They weren't necessarily as focused on the fundamentals of the game, which is kind of wild that you wouldn't want to get the guy fundamentally up to speed before just throwing him out there. In college, different, but in the NFL, very important. 
how much you have to take on as a quarterback to not get your feet set and get that all figured out. The bottom half, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a coach, um, but that is a curious decision. You got to learn how to walk before you can run, right? And I, that did not appear to be the case uh, as far as the plan for Bryce Young that was cultivated by Frank Reich and by Scott Fitter this past season and led to both of those individuals not being here in Carolina. I would, though, like to have somebody who comes in as a quarterback coach that has some level of experience working with quarterbacks at this level. Don't have any names in particular. It will be curious to see who may take on that role for the Carolina Panthers working alongside Dave Canales, and we'll find out more about what Brad Isaac's going to do. I think he's probably going to work pretty close to wide receivers, and if Nate Carroll comes over, those two would be basically your two wide receiver coaches, and it might even be possible that Nate Carroll is considered the passing game coordinator as just an advanced role for him to take on here in Carolina. You have former head coaches already in the building. Jim Caldwell has been sitting in on the head coaching interviews, and he was sitting in, I believe, even on the general manager interviews, and I don't hate that at all. Does Jim Caldwell stay on here? Does he have more of an on-field role heading into the season? Like, is he going to be the quarterback coach? Is there Are there any people out there objecting to Jim Caldwell being in that role? Dom Capers, I feel like he's pretty tied to a Jero Averro. If Jero gets a job in Seattle, if Dom wants to move again, he's going out to Seattle for Jero. I'm guessing Jero is going to ask him to do that. I brought this up jokingly, but also, hell, is it a possibility if you're going to hire Pete Carroll's son that Pete Carroll – and his wife decided, hey, we're done with the rain in Seattle. We're going to move down south to Charlotte and help out Dave Canales, who he thinks the world of. I, I'm just very interested to see the kind of experience that's going to be built on this coaching staff. We got really caught up in the Rockstar staff last year, and that did not work out on the offensive side of the ball. Now, offensively, and especially if defensively, if Gerald Vero is gone, what's that coaching staff going to look like? It's going to be interesting to see over the next uh, couple of days and possibly weeks to see how Dave Canales is able to build out his staff here in Carolina. So far, do like the hires of two former Buck staffers that he had not worked with until this past season in Harold Goodwin and in Joe Gilbert. And Brad Idzik makes sense to bring somebody you have experience with. We'll see what exactly his role will be once he actually comes in as the OC, what that all entails since he will not be calling plays. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I will be back with you on Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Now, Dave Canales, Stan Morgan, is supposed to be introduced on Thursday. So I may have to do like an emergency episode on Thursday. Just get the, my reactions to them. I want to do the mailbag. I can't like flake on that back-to-back weeks. But at me or DM me, first follow me on Twitter to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Thursday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.